On March 3, 1991, Rodney King stopped his car after leading police on an eight-mile high-speed chase. Four police officers beat him for 15 minutes, striking him with batons more than 50 times. A citizen recorded the incident, which showed that 20 officers were also at the scene. Almost two months later, a jury found the four officers not guilty. The jury was made up of 12 people, nine of which were white. Then, five days of rioting in Los Angeles. Residents set fires, looted, and destroyed establishments. According to the Los Angeles Times, mail delivery stopped and many couldn't go to work or school, and curfew was enforced from dusk to dawn. Mayor Tom Bradley called for a state of emergency, and more than 9,000 California National Guard troops were dispatched. During riots, a white truck driver was pulled from his vehicle, beaten, and smashed with a cinder block. On May 1st, Rodney King spoke on television, famously asking, Can we all get along? The rioting destroyed or damaged over 1,000 buildings in L.A. The total property damage was about $1 billion. 2,000 people were injured, and more than 50 people were killed. Let's compare the 1992 Los Angeles riots to the 2020 nationwide protests. It began when police officer Derek Chauvin put his knee on 46-year-old George Floyd's neck, resulting in his fatal arrest in Minneapolis on May 25, 2020. The day after George Floyd's death, the police department fired four of the officers involved. Derek Chauvin is now charged with second-degree murder, and the three other former officers are charged with aiding and abetting murder. Derek Chauvin had 17 complaints against him and was involved in three shootings before he was charged with murder for George Floyd's death. Chauvin had his bail set at up to $1.25 million. Let's take a closer look at these protests. We've seen gatherings across the globe. In Britain, Brazil, France, Germany, Tokyo, and Sydney, people are gathering to make a statement. In the U.S., protesters gathered across all 50 states. We can see that one difference between the protests in 1992 and those in 2020 is that gatherings this year span across the country, whereas those in the 90s were specific to Los Angeles, particularly South L.A., previously referred to as South Central L.A. Another difference is the appearance of protests in affluent areas, such as Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, and Newport Beach. Thousands of people gathered outside the White House. Many were peaceful, dancing, painting, and marching. However, some threw water bottles and bricks at law enforcement officers. On Monday, June 1st, protesters near the White House were forcefully removed before Trump walked from the White House to pose for photos in front of St. John's Church. The American Civil Liberties Union, or the ACLU, filed a lawsuit against the Trump administration for firing tear gas at protesters. The lawsuit claims that they violated the protesters' civil rights. The ACLU also filed a lawsuit in Los Angeles, claiming that the curfews violated people's right to protest. The Associated Press claims that more than 10,000 have been arrested during protests, and Los Angeles has had more than a quarter of the national arrests, followed by New York. A New York Supreme Court judge denied a request Thursday to release hundreds of protesters, which violates the 24-hour arrest-to-arraignment requirement. Many protesters are in support of the 8 Can't Wait campaign. The goal of this nationwide campaign is to decrease police violence. It is made up of eight techniques which organizers say will decrease incidents of police violence by 72%. The website 8cantwait.org 
allows you to see what policies are enforced in your area. For example, according to the website in Los Angeles, there is no requirement for police officers to provide a warning before shooting, no requirement for police to exhaust all alternatives before shooting, and no requirement for comprehensive reporting. The hashtag 8CantWait is popular on social media platforms, and the campaign encourages people to contact their mayor or sheriff to enforce all eight techniques for their police officers. Here are a few new policies we've seen put in place since the horrific incident in Minneapolis. Lawmakers in Congress recently introduced legislation to make it easier to identify, track, and prosecute police misconduct. The measure would reduce existing legal protections toward police officers and create new restrictions to prevent officers from using deadly force, except as a last resort. It is called the Justice in Policing Act of 2020. In Minneapolis, they banned the use of chokeholds and officers are now required to intervene and report any use of unauthorized force. New Mexico and California called for the removal of neck restraints from the state's police training programs, and Colorado banned chokeholds. And in France, security officials also banned the use of chokeholds. Forbes claims there are 12 deaths linked to the 2020 protests. This is compared to the more than 50 killed in 1992 after Rodney King's police encounter. Circling back to Rodney King's story, so how did this end? Well, the federal jury eventually convicted two officers of violating Rodney King's civil rights, and they were sentenced to two and a half years in prison. And King received a $3.8 million settlement. He died in 2012 at age 47 of an accidental drowning. This is such a challenging time to say the least, and I encourage everyone to stay informed and engage in politically and socially relevant conversations. This was a special edition of Durling Reports with Rachel Durling. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next edition of Brief Updates from the newscast for people who hate watching the news. We'll chat soon.